So welcome back everybody, it's Andy from Snowcamps Europe with Paul from the Ski Instructor Academy here in Austria with another podcast. This week, Paul, yeah. is, is skiing the new golf? I hope not because I can't play golf. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played a little bit, I played a little bit back in the day when I uh, had a corporate job and uh, it, was, uh, it was the thing to go to the golf course on a Friday afternoon when the diary actually said working from home, um, but we were on the golf course on a Friday afternoon and it would be, uh, it could be a meeting, it could just be a little bit of fun, but uh, yeah, um, I have to say I wasn't great at golf. Um, short game was okay, long game was not so good. So a little bit like my skiing, short turns are good, long turns are not so good. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah, I mean, golf from my side, I, I always saw this, it's an old man's game, you know. I said if you could run between each each shot, it might work for me. Some sort of like high interval training system of yeah, doing it. Okay. Because I remember in back in the the seventies, seventies um, and eighties, where it really used to be squash was the big thing. Everybody would go to the squash club, and you know if you you would do your business at the squash club, and it was a way to to interact with you know the CEOs, the managing directors, etc. And then golf was also on the sidelines as a big part of it as tennis was and it got more into golf than into the uh, late 80s and 90s and and people would do conduct business on the golf course yeah. and of course it's a great opportunity to show off your kit mm-hmm. you know everybody wants that Who's golf club gear. Yeah. i'm not going to talk too much about the gear because i wouldn't have any idea about what the bats are called <laughs> exactly. Um, the bats, exactly yeah <laughs> so that was the thing and, and look skiing's like that isn't it everybody wants the best gear you know it wants to look that part on the hill and um, and and slowly i think the number of people that i know that have taken up skiing late into the 40s 50s yeah. and beyond um it, it's incredible and got a real passion for it as well and it'll bring us on to a podcast in the future where we start talking about um fitness and skiing and how what is the limitations of the average person at 40 50 whatever and we'll, we'll get into that but today you know relating it to golf um i suppose it's it's like golf as well as it's a great sport to pick up injuries in because people yeah. don't realize what forces are being generated through the spine etc yeah. um and skiing you know can can lead to to injury when people are are pushing it beyond their 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 limitations as well and yeah i think i think skiing is the 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 new golf the whole package of skiing is quite cool isn't it yeah i think there's there's a few different elements for me and one is the equipment thing as you said about the bats um and when i played golf and I started playing golf. I didn't want to spend a fortune on a, a set of clubs. So I kind of got an entry level steel. You know the word. Clubs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, steel, <laughs> steel shaft as well. They had a steel shaft. Uh, I think they were Nike or Nike. Um, and I played with them, but very quickly, once you start getting used to those clubs, you start looking at, you, you walk through the shop on the way to the, the T, the first T, I think it is. And you start looking at other clubs and you're thinking, oh, what could that do for me? You yeah. know, and then you, then you read the blurb and it, there's a driver that's going to add 20 meters onto your drive. Now, I said my long game was not very good. It would go left, right, but never forward. And you'd start thinking, oh, I probably need that. Or you'd see an infomercial about the big Bertha, I think it was. And be like, yeah. whoa, if I had a big Bertha. And I think <laughs> I think the, the similarity in the way they Wasn't market. Wasn't she in cell block H? <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Um, I think I think the way they market golf clubs is very similar to the way that ski skier equipment is is marketed. That this ski will do this for you. 
Yeah. You know, the, I, I recently tested the, the next year's Fisher RC for the curve and it's got a radical triple radius. That means I can ski any radius of turn. Now I might be able to ski any radius of turn, but the person coming for a ski lesson might not be able to. We're they equally, can skid any radius the, of turn though. <laughs> where, the, where, the, where the golf pro can probably use the big Bertha to its potential, but I still can't because I'm just not very good at golf. Yeah, and it's the same, um, you know, I'm big into uh, media of cameras, videography, etc. And it's the same principle there that you see on YouTube, you know, somebody taking um, like a £20,000 red camera or whatever and saying, look, here's, I'm going to give this to an amateur. Yeah. I'm going to take my iPhone out with yeah. its 4K little camera yeah. and whose video do you think's best to the end? It's got nothing to do with the quality of the camera. Yeah. It's to do with the skill sets that that person has to create a video. Yeah. And that's the same in skiing. Yes, I agree. You know, I, I occasionally, I remember I had for some reason had a problem with the edges of the skis and, and I just grabbed a ski from the, the rental rack one day. And um, the guy gave us in, I went out skiing. And the first thing it did was after I went flying down was it popped off my foot one because obviously <laughs> you bent. Well, not just the binding, it was more to do with the, the, the fact flex. that you bent it that yeah. much that yeah. it just popped off the foot. And so I'm there on one ski, you know, coming down to a stop and the group come down and went, wow, how did you do that? You know, how did you not fall over? And it's like, well, yeah, you know, if you've done it long enough, you've done it long enough, you've got yeah. the skill sets, but the ski itself, shouldn't have made a difference but in our case it will make a difference that said as you say the average person needs to stop necessarily just throwing money into equipment mm -hmm. because you want to throw money into getting the skills yeah that's the the trick and finding a coach that works for you that you can connect with is important especially in a technical sport like snowboarding or skiing yeah and this is another what what, what with with the equipment and I said there's a, there's a few things for me here is is the fact that I have friends who have played golf for 30 years they will go to the driving range once a week maybe twice a week so they are training they are practicing and then they will also have a lesson once a fortnight or once every three weeks right however I've got friends who've skied for 30 years who've got all the kit but they've not had a ski lesson in 25 years but they're great skiers. <laughs> so they say. <laughs> exactly. But they, they wonder why their skiing isn't progressing. Yeah. And they can comfortably ski in a blue and a red, but when they get onto a, a steeper slope, they have problems. Or if the conditions deteriorate or they go into the off-piece, they have problems. And I say to them, I say, listen, you, you go and have a, um, a golf lesson every three weeks. Do you know when he takes you into the bunker, he's taking you into the off-piece. When he takes you into the rough, He's taking you into the variables. So why don't you go and have an off-piece ski lesson? Because that's why your skiing isn't progressing, yeah. you know? And, and they think it's, I've got the wrong ski. I should have bought that ski. So they change the ski or they change their boot. And I, mean, you just I said, think we, we can agree that equipment does, it, it matters, yeah. but it doesn't matter. And this is, um, I, I watched actually a, a video from somebody who said exactly those words the other day, and it was about cameras. They were saying, look, equipment really matters, but this camera in the wrong hands makes no sense. Yeah. You know, putting advanced equipment or expensive ski equipment on the wrong foot doesn't make any difference. And it's only meant to be sold to certain uh, nationalities where <laughs> ski shops know they're just gonna throw money at their equipment. So they just sell them the most expensive thing and tell them whatever they need to hear. Are we, are we talking about Americans? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm talking about a different nationality. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the one we get a lot of here. And the, the ski shop knows that, but 
um, equipment does matter because obviously the boot is the handle you know to your ski and if it's sliding around or there's there's problems with a the boot then yes it's gonna but but it doesn't have to be the best most expensive boot therefore it just needs to be the best fitted boot for your mechanics it needs to be the best fitted boot for the shape of your foot and the cost of that boot is irrelevant then because generally if a boot's extremely expensive it's expensive because of two reasons one it's a race boot or two it's that crappy brand that's never changed since 1970 where they inject the foam in and oh that one that one <laughs> okay <laughs> and people buy it for 1500 euros thinking it's going to make a difference right. when it's not but so unless you're a racer you know and you want a 140 and we'll talk about this later 130 140 150 flexed boot that's super stiff and uncomfortable generally you yeah, know for general recreation and, and cold yeah and cold then okay you can pay 700 euros if you want but mostly when we fit equipment for the hundreds of students that we have coming through each year to do ski instructor courses there's a horrible balance andy because you know that whatever boot you sell them they're probably going to grow out of it relatively quick but if you put them in the wrong boot too soon it's also going to make them fail the exam because <laughs> Yeah. It's like this balance of, I don't want it too stiff yet, but I want it stiff enough that it'll challenge them without blocking them. And that is such a difficult balance to have because let's face it, most of you lot listening to this, I bet you change your ski boots every couple of years and then you times up how many weeks you've used it or hours you've used yeah. that boot before you threw it away. I bet it's not very much. When you think I might use a boot for if I'm doing summer, seasons in the south america and winter here it might have been used nine months of a year a boot one boot for nine months yeah. you know that's it that's and, and you could get i think you can generally get about easy 70 plus weeks out of a boot i find that it it's still okay at 70 weeks um yeah you know people are changing probably recreational skiers their boots every eight to 12 weeks do you think probably less some people probably less probably two or four weeks i would have thought um, but then I suppose if we're saying we're talking about a ski boot, the ski boot for the golfer has got to be the glove, right? It could be. Yeah. I mean, it's the same idea of it slipping in the hand. You know, I always say if you've got a, a squash racket or a tennis racket and, you know, I, I was a squ uh, coach for um, squash and, you know, if the racket is slightly sliding or moving in your hand as you're trying to play, yeah, you, you're losing position, you're losing yeah. torque, you're losing, you're losing power and the boot's the same. It slightly shifts it. It has an effect. There's no doubt about so it. I, w I wonder how many um, recreational, let's call them recreational golfers, change their gloves as often as they would change their ski boot, and spend as much on a glove as they would on a ski boot. Well, I don't know, but that's because that, that's got to be the most important thing, is it? It's the interface of the hand to the to, to the to the bat to, to the bat. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to annoy some golfers, aren't we, by saying bat all of the time? You say bat, I'll say club. I'll be the nice guy. <laughs> yeah. So. It, 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 so ski equipment matters, but it doesn't matter. And that's this fine balance. And that's why really when you get your kit fitted, you should get it done with your coach. At the same time, if you've got a coach, get him to do the fitting. And that's why we're very careful to insist um, that people don't get their equipment from wherever they're coming from. We always prefer that they arrive into resort and get their equipment fitted here. Hey, they may end up with the identical boot that they were going to buy in London 
that they bought here. But the difference is it's been bought here and we have control over any problems that it there therefore has. We would then replace it if there was an issue or we can get it adjusted um, very simply in resort. We find mostly, and this is from over a decade of experience of thousands of ski instructors being trained through us, that 90% of boots that are fitted outside of resort with nothing to do with us are badly fitted. Simple as that. Even from some of the best boot fitters in the world, allegedly, who fitted the boot and then sent them to us, it's the wrong boot. It's not necessarily the boot fitter's fault, Andy. It's just he doesn't have the advantage of seeing them on the snow. He hasn't got that ability necessarily to see what happens when the person's in the boot. And then I feel with ski boots, five times out of ten, you need a revisit to the shop. How can you do that if you're now in France, Austria, Switzerland, and you bought your boot in London? You've lost six days. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I tend to agree with, with some of the points, but I also think that there are some boot fitters out there that um, can fit outside of resort, and they sometimes look at it in almost a... Um, a problem solving, they, they'll, they'll almost preempt what problems somebody might have. And these, these are normally boot fitters of, of, who've been in the foot business, let's say. Um, what's the word for someone who looks after feet? A pee, pee, pee. That's the one, yeah. Um, and, and then they've moved into, let's say, shoe fitting or boot fitting. Um, but yeah, it is, it is beneficial that if you can walk back into the shop from where you've bought them after two days of skiing and you're in pain, that they can, they can tweak them there and then. And especially when someone's here for four or six weeks. Um, yeah, it's definitely think, a difference. I think the other thing for a, for a tourist, so let's say for, for my, my clients, um, who I do take a lot into uh, to see Fabi and get the boots fitted while they're here. If they're only here for a week, they might not want to spend two or three hours in the shop. So I might advise, okay, listen, go and get some boots, but go to this person if you're in the south of England, go to this person if you're in the north of England, because I know generally they're going to do a good job. And if you do need a tweak, it's only going to be a few euros to take them in. Um but yeah, if, I if, think, if they're um, coming for the season, it's it's not a bad idea to, to get them in resort because of that. Yeah, because not every resort has a good boot fitter. Well, so, most, so, most resorts don't, don't have a good boot fitter. Exactly. So it's different, as Andy says, if you're a recreational skier, maybe it's just ignore all the crap I talk about. Uh, because I'm assuming everybody's under this quality SIA banner. They're coming to us and our coaches know what we're doing. But <laughs> my argument would be is that as, as a, a strength and conditioning in a, in a, in a fitness coach as well, I, c I can't really assess somebody's squat unless I watch them do a squat. So it's the same if I say I can't really assess somebody's skiing unless I see them ski. And this is where the boot needs to fit around their mechanics. And that's why if you're going to be doing a season, then get it in resort. Whereas, okay, if you're going to be doing a holiday for six days, it may not matter as much. But one thing for certain is you can only go to a certain recommended number of people if you're going to get it fitted. You want to know where you're getting your boot fitted. Believe me, the boot matters um, more than people can it's think. The most important thing, like, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's going to be worth investing time and effort into the boot. And that's why, you know, renting equipment 
it's great. But look, when you know when, when I used to go ice skating in the seventies or whatever, and you you rented the ice skates from the from the in the ice rink, you know, to go dancing around the ice rink, the boots freaking killed you. You know, they were like agony yeah. and stuff. And I'm not saying that in a lot of resorts now, especially you know good quality resorts with good quality shops, they have the latest boot. You know, they'll have they're always changing them every season. They'll change all their boots. But once somebody stands in that boot for six days. It's Donald Duck. That's it. It's 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 almost molded to that person's foot. You get in after four or five people have done that. It's not the same. You're, you're, you're talking about higher boots now. Higher right? boots, yeah, yeah. boots, yeah. And it's hard because you know I, I get it, especially for those people who are just going to come maybe and try skiing for the first time. Yeah. I would genuinely say don't buy boots. You know, you, what happens if you don't like it or whatever? Mm -hmm. But of course, you want to give yourself the best opportunity to like boots and I can remember somebody asking me at one of the London shows was saying you know well what would you recommend when I come out I'm a beginner you know and you know with my equipment I said hey when you rented rented the night before and wear it a bit in the house get you know in the mm -hmm. hotel move around the hotel room with your boot on stamp up and down you know try and walk up and down stairs with your boot on try and imagine the boots are a tennis yeah, a, a, a trainer not not a hard solid boot try and get your ankle happy with yeah. the fact it's in this plastic boot but it actually does still dorsiflex and plantar flex you can move around with your calves sorry you can bend <laughs> your ankle and just move around that's the best lesson you can have then get up in the morning have a big lazy breakfast in the hotel and go to the ski school at 9 30 for your lesson or 10 in many ski schools yeah. and find that you know all of a sudden you've got this boot on and you've never really moved around in it yet. The more you can move around in even a crappy rental boot, the better. And be aware that rental shops will generally do, especially during the busy periods where it's February, etc. they'll do the, the two size too big trick. Just put them in something big because big's comfortable. Comfortable, yeah. You don't want the boot to be fitted badly and that two sizes too big rule is something which is very sneaky and it's done in many resorts and it's just to speed up the flow of the traffic because they know if they put you in a properly fitted boot you will ask them to take it off and put a bigger one on it anyway so there's a bit of a balance in the argument but of course a good ski instructor standing next to you if you're having a private lesson and they come to your boot fitting at the higher shop they'll say straight away no i want him in yeah. that size that 42 or you know whatever size it is where you can feel his big toe slightly scratching at the front etc whereas yeah the shop just needs the traffic to go through otherwise they're going to have a pile of people who are going to be complaining because they can't get their kid i think i think i'm going to get back to golf in a minute but i think this is very poignant with rental um most resorts change over on a Saturday. You go in to get your rental equipment, especially if you're a first time skier, you don't know how that boot should feel. And the rental guy just wants to get you in and out. So it's like, does it fit? Yes, it does. Okay, goodbye. Yeah. And then you come to me on Sunday morning and um, you might have your, feet, your boots on the wrong feet. You might have them done up. You might have your trousers tucked in or whatever it be. And we start sorting them out. And within five or 10 minutes, I can tell the boots too, too big. big. And you're, you're having to go back to the hire shop. Um, and again, you're going to miss half an hour of your first day of your ski lesson, and then you're going to be behind to the rest of the group. So, well, I tell you what, Andy, we'll do we'll do a special podcast about that, and we'll not yeah. we'll not get off subject. Then, yeah. um, we'll talk about how you can best manage your boot fitting. Um, but looking at the the, the skiing and golf <laughs> sort of connection, I definitely feel 
that there is a connection because you're seeing, especially in places like France, Switzerland, um, all these like chalet companies coming up where they're getting catered chalets. If you know, you can book a luxury chalet. There's a chef comes in, he cooks for you. You look after the family for the, or the, the, the people for the whole week. And it's, it's really like taking off that type of stuff. And this whole um, ambience around skiing seems to be the, quite a cool mark. You know, what did you do over Christmas? Oh, we went skiing. Oh, you go skiing, do you? You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. it seems to be like quite a, an important part of almost life now, business life. You know, it's, it's cool. It's better than going, what did you do for your holidays? Oh, I went and lay on a beach for two weeks. Yeah, I think you're getting, there's, there's the group of guys who have their golf holiday in Portugal. They're now doing a winter holiday as well. Yeah. You know, um, and you're seeing groups of these, and, and okay, I say guys, there are also ladies who play golf, um, but I've, I've got friends and religiously every year, they will go to Portugal to play golf. All of the wives will go somewhere shopping. And then <sighs> what's now <Daddy>. happening, <laughs> what's now happening is the guys are saying, right, we're going to do it. We're going to do a winter version of this, you know, um, and they're going skiing. Yeah. And then they're realizing it's better than the golf. <laughs> And, it's like, yeah. <laughs> and then they start doing it more than one week, two yeah. weeks, three weeks. And it's not uncommon to see people who have four and five ski holidays or will spend rather than a week, two weeks skiing, you know, and it's, yeah. it's getting more and more common. And of course, we all know a bit like golf, the actual cost of, a, of this ski thing. It, and I know people say, you know, skiing's reachable to every market. It is on a budget, but... It's also very much this thing that people like to do who've got a few pennies. And I understand why, you know, because it is the combination of, you know, coming into the fresh air, doing something which, you know, and I'll, I'll sit this into another podcast because, you know, skiing is the lazy man's sport as well. Um, and, you, you know, good food, have a drink, a great social atmosphere, you know, in coming back from a holiday where actually you feel a bit more invigorated as to in a holiday where you just lie on a beach and actually you just feel worse when you come back because yeah. you haven't done anything. You've not moved. You're, you almost want to get back to work. Yeah. So I can understand fully why people want to do that. Um, right. Well, we will leave this one of this. Or yeah. What do you think, Andy? No, yeah. Well, I think I think we've we've decided we've that skiing is the new golf. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> skiing is the new golf. Yeah. We'll see you on the next one. Bye, Bye for now. now.